I'm thankful for the Lord, and it's uh, it's a wonder He loved me, Amen. It's a wonder He loved me. Well, let's turn our Bibles to the Book of Revelation, Amen. If we could turn our Bibles to the Book of Revelation, and uh, I think I'll be short tonight for a few reasons, um, but I might not be. I don't know. The Lord gets in this thing. I won't be. And we need the Lord. Uh, we need the Spirit of God. I'd rather not preach without Him. Amen. This mic fluctuates a whole lot, and uh, I swear it's different every single time I put my put this mic on. And uh, but it's been a little over a month since we've been in um, our series entitled "The Revelation." We preached 37 message in the messages in this book. I hope to get back to it. Um, these, these, uh, this chapter and the chapter after has slowed me down a whole lot when it comes to the studying of it. Um, and this one alone um, is the hardest one yet, hands down. And uh, maybe that's why I don't have a whole lot of notes to it. But... Uh, I believe we're prepared and ready to preach. This will be our 38th message in this book. Let's read our text, try to finish up chapter number 17 tonight. And uh, I'm thankful for the Lord, aren't you? Amen. Thankful I got him on my side. Amen. Amen. The Bible says in Revelation chapter number 17, verse number 7, And the angel said unto me, Where, where didst thou marvel? I'll tell thee the mystery of the woman of the beast that carried her, which hath the seven heads and ten horns. The beast that thou sawest was and is not, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit, and go into perdition. They that dwell on the earth shall wonder, whose names were not written in the book of life for the foundation of the world, when they behold the beast that was and is not, and yet is. Make a whole lot of sense to anybody just yet? Amen, I know this a lot. Here's the mind which hath wisdom, the seven heads... Are seven mountains on which the woman sitteth. There are seven kings. Five are fallen. One is, the other one is not yet come. When he cometh, he must continue a short space. You ought to underline that in your Bible. You ought to underline that in your Bible. And I think that'd be a blessing if you'd underline that in the Bible. And uh, that's some good stuff. Amen. It says he must continue for a short space. And so we'll get to that in a minute. And so, and the beast that was. And is not, even he is the eighth, and he is of the seventh, and goeth into perdition. Isn't that confusing? Somebody talk to me here tonight. Amen. I mean, I, let's not preach ahead, but like, yeah, I know. But there's a lot. There's a lot that's going on here in this chapter. Okay, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna preach it in just a moment. But um, it's it's a lot confusing. It's very confusing. And uh, you can't say that anybody understands it right upon appearance. There's not a whole lot to understand. And you have to know some things. But the Bible says, And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but received power as kings one hour with the beast. These have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. These shall make war with the Lamb. The Lamb shall overcome them. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. For he is the Lord of lords and King of kings, and they that are are with him are called chosen and faithful. Not unfaithful. They're faithful. Amen. They're faithful, church. Amen. They're faithful. Amen. I think I'm going to say it again. They're faithful is what they are. Amen. His people, the ones that are called and chosen, guess what they are? They're faithful. Amen. They're faithful. Amen. That's why I wonder why some people claim to be saved. Amen. Um, because they're not faithful. Amen. If you can't be faithful to God, you'll never be faithful to anything else either. And the Bible says, And he saith unto me, The waters which thou sawest, where the horse sitteth, are people, multitudes, nations, and tongues. The ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast... These shall hate the whore, and shall make her desolate and naked, and shall eat her flesh, and burn her with fire. For God hath put in their hearts to fulfill his will, and to agree. Isn't that good too? God hath put it in their hearts to forget, fulfill his will. 
and to agree and give their kingdom unto the beast until the world, word of, words of God shall be fulfilled. And the women, woman which thou sawest is that great city which reigneth over the kings of the earth. Would you pray for us, J.D.? Um, uh, uh, last time we were in this, we preached on the rise of Babylon, part one. Um, and uh, we established how this chapter is the next, uh, and the next, is filled with a lot of symbolism, right? You might not recall anything that I'm going to say, but this is what I preached practically last time. And I know that it's been a month, so I know it's not not very easy to remember everything. We've heard a lot of preaching since that moment. Um, but it's filled with a lot of symbolism, if you will. And we're told, you know, I, I referenced last time, uh, back to Revelation chapter number 12. Am I really loud out there? Because I'm really loud up here for some reason. And I'm sorry that I'm being a um, problem because it looks like the volume are practically all the way down. Um, but... Um, nonetheless, we, we see here that it's filled with a lot of symbolism. Last time I went to Revelation chapter 12, that's good, thank you. Um, Revelation chapter 12, um, there deals with a woman, right, who's impregnated with child, and that woman is described to be Israel, of course. There's the dragon, which is a reference to Satan, as we know as well. And so, um, and we're told um, uh, in this chapter where there was the Babylon, the mystery Babylon, the great, the mother of harlots and the abominations of the earth. And she's considered to be the great whore that sitteth upon many waters. And that's not a bad name. That's a biblical name and word, and so we must not take away from the Bible, amen? And so um, some some won't say those words either, by the way. Some people change those words, but if it's a Bible word, we have all the right to say it. Somebody say amen there. And so so we're told of, uh, of the great whore and called Babylon, and, and that's what she is. She's the mystery, um, and, and we found how she's the religious system, right? And so she's the religious system that will be brought in by the Antichrist is what she'll be brought in by. Um, and we found the first mentioned principle and established that that word uh, whore dealt with uh, um, uh, directly with idolatry. It deals with uh, idolatry and worshiping and serving and giving a love to something that is not ours and it's not right. Amen. And so, could could you go back there and check those uh, earphones again? Because there's a whole lot of reverb in here that is like killing me right now. I'm sorry, guys, but y'all going to have to bear with it. These speakers are doing something very crazy, but we need to make sure that we got the recording right. And would you agree with that? And everything along those lines. There's 38 ver- chapters, and we don't need to miss one. And so, um, there's 38 messages, rather. And so, I, I described how this chapter describes of her rising up in her glory, right? Uh, and, and rising to glory, and at the at the at the end, we will see here in just a moment, as we just kind of read there, that at the end of this chapter, there is uh, um, more not not so much of a rise, but it's beginning for her to fall, right? And so, in verse chapter eighteen, and and after these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit and cage of every unclean and hateful burden. And so there is a fall that's going to happen 
when we consider Babylon, uh, the religious system of Babylon. And so we see that uh, her rising to her glory and then her falling into hell as we described there. And we see the beginning of that uh, in the last part of this. And I personally believe that chapter, I mean, verse 14 and on kind of deals more or less with the Armaged- battle of Armageddon more than anything. Uh, and I believe that's where it takes us to where it says, These shall make war with the Lamb and the Lamb shall overcome them. So there's no other battle that we can consider when the Lamb overcomes. And so personally, that's what I believe it is there, and that's not in my notes. Um, but at the end, you will see her fall, and we made it to a, uh, into a two-part for time's sake, right? And so I preached on the last time, I preached on the details of this woman. We dealt with that in verse 1 through verse number 4, and we dealt with uh, her position in uh, this system and how she, the Bible describes her in verse 1 as one who sitteth upon many waters. And then uh, her persuasion in verse number 2 where um, she is there and she has come to the earth and she has made, he, she said she had been made drunk with the wine of her fornication, the earth has. And so she's deceptive and she's going in and she's persuading those uh, to come into her religion. Listen, we don't have to recruit people here. God does the recruiting. Amen. But every other religion has to recruit. Right? Is that not what they do? You look at, J- you look at the JWs and see if they don't recruit. Let's go even farther. You look at the Calvinists and see if they don't recruit. They do. God saves and God puts in the family of God. But I promise you, we won't have to worry about none of that when it comes to after all. Amen. But these are going to have to recruit because they're going to have to go out and recruit them. We're not recruiting. We're going out and telling people about Jesus. And Jesus is doing the work when it comes to all that. Amen. So her persuasion. And then we saw her partner in the system and how she's sitting there. And so he carried me away in the wilderness. I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet colored beast. I told you that I believe that means that the beast is the one who's bringing this religious system into order, right? And so the be- it's a new religious system. That's why I don't believe it's the Catholics that is doing this. It's something that's new. And then I seen the power in verse number 4. And the woman, a uh, scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup of her hand full of abominations, fullness, filthiness of her fornication. So the description of kind of her apparel and that sort of stuff tells of her power. And so nonetheless, I'm just giving you a little overview of what we dealt with last time. Chapter number five, we dealt with the defilement of this woman, of this woman, uh, and at the end of verse number four, and the filthiness of her fornication and upon her head, mystery, Babylon, the great mother, harlots, and abomination of the earth. All those words, filthiness, abominations, fornication, abominations, all those deal with uh, that defilement, something that is uh, against God, that is opposing uh, to God, and it is defiled in the eyes of God, and it ought to be filed in the eyes of us, amen? Uh, and so then we seen the drunkenness of her, and we saw how she was described to be drunken with the blood of the saints. Uh, I believe that is described to say that that is all the people that she has killed um, from the beginning of time to the ending of time. Uh, those that she's killed and she's drunk up this uh, time, uh, this m- the martyrdom, but especially during the tribulation when there is much blood shed, right? There's much bloodshed. I, bl- I mean, I believe that there's, been, there's application to beginning of a time, but this is a new religious system, and she's filled with it, and she's killing all those and turning everybody against those who have trusted in Christ. And so that's her drunkenness. And so she's wicked to say the least, and we understand that. Uh, but this week, as we look at this, we'll see her rising uh, up to her height and then began to fall. Praise the Lord. Amen. And so the religious system set up by the Antichrist is not going to last very long. It's not going to last very long. I don't, I, don't, I don't believe it will, but this is certainly the hardest part of Revelation that we've come to this far. And, 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 and as we see here, um, the Bible says in verse number 7, And the angel said unto me, Where, Wherefore didst thou marvel? And I will tell thee the mystery of the woman... So the angel's talking, right? We agree on that. And so, so, so it's it's going to take a it's going to take an angel to describe this woman. Somebody say, "Man, laugh just a little bit, okay?" And so it took an angel to describe this woman, and that's what it's going to do. And it took an angel to describe this woman to John. And so it's going to take the Bible to describe it to us, and we're going to have to read it and rightly divide it, amen. And so I'd like to look and preach on the rise of Babylon the Great, part two. 
I want to notice two points tonight. I want you to notice, number one, the discerning of this woman. Uh, and so in under, order to understand something, you have to, you have to discern it, right? You have to uh, um, bring it up, compile it all into one big pile and break it into pieces, uh, rightly dividing the Word of God. And in order to discern it, you need the Spirit of God, right? And so we have to understand this, looking into this. And these are difficult verses to understand. Uh, and John was amazed as he looked upon her, right? In verse 6, he says, and I saw this woman uh, drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered uh, with great admiration. Uh, and the angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? Uh, and so John is looking at this woman and he is marveling at her. Uh, he is in amazement. He don't understand what's going on. Uh, and he marveled at what he saw. And I mean, could you just imagine what he looked at uh, when he seen somebody drunken with the blood of the saints? Uh, I mean, maybe he saw his friends who had been killed for the sake of Christ and maybe he saw this but I believe when he looked at her he saw and he maybe he thought something how in the world could somebody follow that lost wicked religion how could somebody do that and maybe John thought back to the day some years prior as John is an old man as he's writing this book on Patmos as he's exiled to the Patmos under the reign of of, uh, of Domitian and as he out there in 96 AD and he's sitting there on those uh, just think about the old rocks and as he's sitting there uh, and maybe he thinks back to his time when he's in a room uh, and there's a man sitting beside him and another man sitting on the other side of him uh, now you think real hard about this uh, and he looks to the man on the right and the man on the right looked and said whichever one uh, that I dip my this into the when I dip this into the cup whoever dips his sop in there with me. Uh, um, that man will sell me out. That man uh, will come to me and John lays his head over uh, on the breast and bosom of his God uh, and of his Lord. And as he thinks about this, uh, he said, who in the world could go with them uh, when they could have him? Uh, I've been with him. Uh, I've walked with him. Uh, I've lived for him. Uh, and why in the world would somebody choose uh, this uh, over that? How? Why would they do that? Uh, have they not seen Christ and what He gives? Uh, have they not met with Him? Uh, and maybe John looks and says, He's amazing. Uh, oh, He's wonderful. Uh, he's altogether lovely. Uh, and people are going to follow her. Uh, I'm standing in amazement. I'm marveling at this. I don't understand it. Why? In the world, would somebody go that way? I caught a little thought in my mind as I was there shouting and having a good time. But there, you know, there were, I thought about that and I mentioned that before, but it never really come across my mind. But as John's sitting there and they're sitting around that small short table and as they're laying there on their elbows uh, and as they're reaching over and all dipping into that uh, and as they're all eating at the same time. I don't believe it's the picture we used to have on the wall. Uh, I don't believe they were sitting on a big long table and all of them sitting on one time looking at the camera. I don't believe that was what took place but I believe it was a round table and they were all sitting there and they could all get food at the same time. Uh, and as John was sitting here, remember Judas was just as close as John was. Uh, and I believe that all of that come together uh, and you got one man falling into perdition here, uh, but you got the other man getting closer uh, and closer to Jesus. That's why some people believe, if you didn't notice that term that I just used, perdition, uh, it says that two times in the chapter we're reading today. Uh, and it describes the Antichrist as one who fell into perdition. Uh, and a lot of people believe that that's going to be Judas Iscariot. You know why? Notice this verse. I'm just giving you a little short thing. We're having a good time tonight. There's good liberty. And so look at verse number 11. And the beast that was and is not. And let's go to verse 9. No, verse 8. Let's, let's look at that. Whose names were not written in the, lamb, in the book of life from the foundation of the world. Notice that didn't say Lamb's book of life. From the foundation of the world. When they behold the beast that was and is not. Yeah, it is. You know what that tells me? That tells me this man was at one time. He died. And he is again. So this man was resurrected somehow or another. 
And so that's why some people believe. I personally don't believe it. I believe we can look back at Revelation chapter number 13 and find very clearly that this is the Antichrist. Remember? Anybody remember the wounds that they saw in his head? And John, yeah, chapter 3, I mean chapter 13, verse 3 and 4. And he resurrected and everybody worshipped him. And he done that because he wanted to be like Jesus Christ. And he done that to get everybody's attention and say, hey, look at me, worship me. I'm him. I'm the one you've been looking for. The Messiah that all of them are still looking for, by the way. Remember that a lot of them don't believe the Messiah's ever came. And so nonetheless, I, I'm, I'm not getting into that. But John looked and he, saw, and, he, and he seen her and he was astonished at her and blown away at what he saw. Uh, it was a mystery to him. And so the angel comes and explains to him this woman. And we don't have an angel, so we have the Bible. Thank the Lord for the Bible. Amen. So notice with me the rise of this woman. Verse 7 through verse 11. We'll break them down in just a moment. There's a beast that's mentioned, right? Verse 7. We'll read it. And the angel said unto me, Wherefore did thou marvel? Let's go to verse 8. And the beast that thou sawest was and is not and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit. So it tells of the ascension. It tells of the uprising of this. Now, the count we have to look at here is the simple fact of when did this happen. Now, are we recalling what we've dealt with prior to this? Because if we're recalling what we've dealt with prior to this, we're recalling the simple fact that the Bible goes and ends at the Battle of Armageddon and then starts all over and tells us what will happen during the tribulation, right? And so we have there at the end of verse number, I mean, chapter number 15, or chapter number 14, rather. And the winepress was trodden without the city, and blood came out of the winepress, even of the horses' bridles, by the space of 1,600 furlongs. Anybody tell me where that is? It's not a hard question. This is the Battle of Armageddon, right? We agree with that. Megiddo. I, I should have said what that is. And so that's the Battle of Armageddon, right? And so that's the Battle of Armageddon. Then chapter 15 begins, and I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven signs having the seven last plagues, so the seven last plagues are taking place. So he, he gives that, and he gives the idea that here we are at the end of the tribulation. Everything's over with, the millennium reigns fixing to begin. And then he gives us the last seven vials, so he goes backwards, gives us the last seven vials which are in the tribulation. And then chapter number 16 comes along. And we dealt with chapter number 16 as the vials are poured out. And the vials are poured out there in chapter number 16. So we're still in there. Then notice in verse number 18. Not 18. And there were voices, thunders, lightnings. There was great earthquakes such as were not seen since men were upon the earth. And so mighty an earthquake and so great. And the great city was divided in three parts. And the city of the nations fell. And great Babylon came in remembrance before God. Right? We're just looking at this together. Everybody okay? And so to, to give her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of wrath. And every island fled away. And the mountains were not found. And there fell upon the men a great hell out of heaven. Every stone about the weight of a talent. And men blasphemed God because of... Because of the plague of the hell. So that was the last plague. Isn't that right? So he gave us that. He said, we're at Armageddon. I'm going to take you back and show you these last things. I'm going to take you back and show you the last, the seven last plagues that tell us exactly what's going on. And lead, lead up, lead up to Canaan, right? Canaan's not a land of perfection, by the way. Man, the Lord's helping us now. Cain is not, but, but remember all those seven plagues that, yeah, nonetheless, in Egypt there, and then comes Canaan land. Praise the Lord for that. And so uh, the Red Sea and then Canaan, but nonetheless, and so there's, there's going to be a bloodbath one day. And nonetheless, and there came one of the seven angels which had the seven vials and talked with me. So one of those angels came. And then here comes Babylon, right? And so Babylon is here. And so what I'm trying to tell you here is that when we look at verse number 8 and the beast that thou sawest and was and is not and shall sin out of the bottomless pit. Uh, let, me, let me back up for just a moment. The beast here is mentioned and we're talking about the rising of this beast, right? And remember uh, when John, John when, when all this is coming about, we, we're looking backwards at the time. So we don't know exactly when this is taking place, right? 
We don't know exactly, and I know I'll run a little rabbit and lost my train of thought there for a second, but we don't know exactly when this is taking place. And so when we looked back and seen that there was the Battle of Armageddon, and we've seen it before, and then we see where this is at, we know that we're in, we're backwards in the tribulation sometimes. And we're seeing this here, and but remember, when we look at verse 8 and the beast, or in verse 7, an angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? And I saw the woman drunk with blood. Verse 6 of the saints. So when John looks, John does not, remember, John did not marvel at the beast. He marveled at the woman. Is that right? We're going somewhere. We're talking about the rise of the beast. And so he's marveling at the woman. He's not marveling at the beast. He's marveling at the woman. So why would the angel tell us about the beast? Why when, why? Now this is just a question I have. So, so, so when John comes and John looks, he's marveling at the woman. And, 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 and when the angel comes, he said, the angel said to me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I'll tell thee the mystery of the woman. And of the beast that carrieth her, which hath the seven heads and ten horns. But John's marveling at the woman, and he said, in order to understand this woman, you need to understand the beast. And so here they are, and he is the head of it all. That's, I believe that's John's point. He's the head of it all. He's the head of the wicked one, one world religion that's going to rise up. And, and in order for her to rise... He had to rise, right? And so let's break down these verses. Man, I thought I'd be done quicker already. I thought I'd be done by now, to be honest with you. Verse 8, verse 8. And the beast that thou sawest was and is not, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition. And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world when they behold the beast that was, is not, and yet is. And so this could be described in Revelation chapter 13, verse 3 and verse 4. I'll read them for you just for, just for sake. Uh, and I saw one of the heads, and it was wounded to death, and his deadly wound was, uh, was healed, and all the world wandered after the beast. They worshipped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And so there is... Wounded to death. Is that what it says? So, there you go. You got that. Being was and yet is not and yet is. And so the fact is we don't understand all this. Everybody with me? You understand it all? I don't either. Okay. But, but besides the fact that, that he, 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 wants, he wants to be just like Jesus, is who he always wants to be. He's, uh, they, 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 they have their unity. They have their trinity. And we have our trinity. God has his trinity. Satan has his trinity. The unholy trinity. And then there is the holy trinity. Right? And so we have all that. And so they always want to be just like him. Uh, everything he ever made, they want to make too. And those that are here will wonder at what they see when they look upon it. The Bible says, whose names are not. And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder whose names are not, right? And so, so I believe the phrase, shall ascend out of the bottomless pit, is a phrase showing of who his leader is, by the way. We understand this to be human. Right? Antichrist is a human being. Antichrist is not some extraterrestrial being. He's a human being. Is what he is. And so, you're saying, preacher, really? He's a human being. Now, is John in the spiritual realm or is John not in the spiritual realm? Somebody answered that. John's in the spiritual realm. I mean, we're just talking here. We're having a Bible study tonight. John's in the spiritual realm. So John could see some things maybe that you and I couldn't see. So if John's looking at this, you're saying, preacher, how, how is John seeing? If this is a human, how does this person have his seven horns? How does, this, how, how does this person have so many heads? Well, we'll get to that in a minute. But nonetheless, the fact is, as some suggest this is Judas, believing and falling into perdition, and Judas is related to perdition in the book of Acts. You can see that. But I do not believe that to be true. Nonetheless, verse 8, that's what we're describing there. Verse 9, let's move on. And here's the mind which hath wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sitteth. That's the seven spiritual heads on which John saw. John saw spiritual heads, right? John could see it because he's spiritual. And so, so here we have this. And so we've dealt with this a little bit before, but as I've, as I've said before, many believe this to be wrong. Um, I believe this to be wrong. Just to go ahead and tell you the truth. Uh, and the city on seven hills. And the Roman Catholic Church playing heavily in the tribulation. I believe that 100% to be fact. I believe it is. I believe the Roman Catholic Church is 100% playing, 100% playing a whole lot in the, in the tribulation. But however, I, I mean, like I've said before, 
What is, what is Rome known as? You look up Rome and, and wonder what it's known as. It's literally known as the lofty city on seven peaks. And that's, that's exactly what it's known as. And, and I believe that to be true. However, I do not believe in uh, that, that this religion in here, I do not believe that this horde, this religion that's carrying in, I do not believe this is the Roman Catholic religion because simply it is new in the end that Christ is the one who's brought it in. But I do believe that all, a lot of the deception that made people fall to this is because of the papal scene, because of all that kind of stuff. I, and so, nonetheless, nonetheless, but I, I, here is verse number 9, and that's what it's talking about. It's talking about Rome. I 100% believe that the seven mountains uh, on which the woman sitteth is Rome. I do believe it is. Verse 10, 11. And there are seven kings, five are fallen. One is, and the other one is not yet come. And when he cometh, he must continue a short space. And the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth and is of the seventh and goeth into petition. Man, that's confusing. That's confusing to read. Uh, and so, so these are very interesting verses. They speak of seven kings, of whom five are fallen, and one is, and another one is to come, right? And so they represent, they represent not only kings, but they represent kingdoms as well, by the way. And so they not only do they represent kings, but they represent kingdoms. And so to understand these, we have to look back into history, right? And so if we're going to look back into history, we need to see something that's real and something that the Lord knew what he was doing all along. Is that right? Amen. And so keep in mind that that's what it is. And by the way, before I forget this, there's ten that are mentioned. 10 kings that are mentioned down there I don't, I'm not going to say much about them at all but you can go to the book of Daniel in chapter number 2 and find that there's 10 toes and on those 10 toes are the, seven, are the 10 kings which will come one day. I'm not going to go into it because it would take me hours to get into that but you go to Daniel chapter number 2 and read of the 10, to, ten toes that Daniel saw and you'll find the 10 kings okay. Nonetheless but there's 5 kings that are fallen meaning they're dead and there's 5 kings kingdoms that are fallen uh, and here we are and so to understand this we have to go back to history and so to keep in mind that all the world system uh, stands in rebellion uh, to all that is godly and stands in open defiance uh, of the God of heaven and the God of all the universe uh, and so it has existed at least in part uh, for all of century. At Genesis chapter number 11 uh, we see the establishment of the Babylonian kingdom right? Uh, and we find that there is a man who is trying to build uh, and has an open defiance against the things of God. Uh, uh, what does he say throughout that whole thing? Uh, let's even go back even farther uh, and go back to ex- uh, Ezekiel chapter number 14 uh, and find that there's a man who said I will rise up to heaven. Uh, I will uh, uh, descend. Uh, I mean I will ascend. Uh, I will. Uh, I will. Uh, I will. And then go to Genesis chapter 9 and see if you don't see the same phrases. I will. I will. I will do this. I I will build my way up to God. I I will do this. No, you won't. You'll doom everybody. God's in control. Um, so, so we can find all of these uh, and look at it. So there are five fallen kingdoms, right? There's five dead kingdoms. Uh, the empires that dominated the world prior to the time of John. Uh, and so John's writing this. And so there's five that are, have been fallen. Uh, and you look at history and it's amazing how there's only five that have fallen. It's like God knew or something, man. Isn't that crazy? I'm just telling you that that there is this and there's this time and then and so before John is writing in 96 A.D., uh, um, there have been five kingdoms uh, and also describes our kings too. We'll get to those in a minute. Uh, and so the kingdoms are Egypt, uh, Asia, uh, um, Assyria, um, Babylon, uh, the Medes and Persians, uh, or the Persia, and then uh, the Persian Empire, and then the Greece, Greece, the Greek Empire, uh, and those have all fallen over generations uh, and have been torn down uh, and there's nothing but remnants that remain. Uh, um, they were all subscribed to be anti-God. Uh, um, they were all uh, living in an open deniance uh, and open uh, uh, defiance against God. Uh, and the Roman Empire, the Roman Kingdom in John's day uh, is the one that is. Okay, right? There's one. There are seven kings. Five are fallen. Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, the Medes and Persians, and Greece. They're all fallen, right? Look it up. You can find it yourself. They've all fallen. So there's five that's fallen. There's one that is. In John's day, it was the Roman Empire, right? And then, so how many we have left? We have one more left. And then uh, there is the one 
That has not yet come. That's going to be the beast kingdom. That's going to be the kingdom in which the beast is a ruler of, and he is the one that is yet to come. And by the way, that is going to be the revived Roman Empire. Amen. I believe that. I believe it's going to be. Why would it be in Rome? Okay. I believe that's what it's going to be. And so the, king, the beast kingdom is the one that is yet to come, the revived Roman Empire, and he will succeed where others have failed and bring in a worldwide dominion and rule on the world. That's what's going to happen. There's five kingdoms. One is, we're in John's day, not in, not in my, Nick's day. We're in John's day. There's one is, and there's one that will be. Okay, describing the beast. It's amazing how the book of Daniel and everything lines up just perfect with this as well. Um, we have the se- we're in the last seven week, right? We're in the last week of the 70th week of Daniel. We're in the 70th week of Daniel is where we're at. There's 69 have passed. And in those 69 weeks, all five have fell. And then there's one that was when John was writing. And then there's one that will be, and that was in the last week. And you look go to Daniel chapter number 7 and find the same stuff. But that's what it is. Set, there's five kings then. If there's kingdoms, there's kings, right? We agree on that? So there's five kings. There's, what was the first king? Anybody know? Name one that you might think of. No. He wasn't considered. This isn't just the Babylons. This is dealing with it all. Julius Caesar. So there's Julius Caesar. There's Tiberius. There's Catagula. There is Claudius. And there's Nero. The Roman kingdom. There's five kings that have fell in the Roman kingdom. Is that amazing? Is that amazing? Is that God inspired? It's amazing. We're dealing with the Roman kingdom here. And I didn't tell you that before, simply because I wanted to tell you this, because that is the simple fact. And then we know that in the day of John, there is one that was. That was the kingdomation, right? And then there's one that will be. And that is going to be the beast. That, ought, that is, there are seven kings, five are fallen, one is, and the other has not yet come. That's the kingdoms, that's the king. They're all dealing with the reign of the Roman Empire, and they're all dealing under all that. And so it's, it's absolutely amazing to notice this. But, but, but then there's verse number 11. What about verse number 11? The Bible says, The beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth and is, one of, is of the seventh. And goeth into perdition. I can't, I can't explain that. But he'll be crowned the seventh king of influence. And maybe supposedly, maybe that's when he'll die. My point was earlier, kind of where I didn't kind of get back to, is that we don't exactly know the time frame of this. Maybe this is the same time frame as chapter number 13. Dealing with the exact same kind of stuff where people are rising to the Antichrist. Is that all right? And uh, why could this not be around chapter number 13? Dealing with that same thing where there's one that's dead. Right? So he's he's dead. And then he's crowned the eighth. And so maybe that's what it is and rise again because in effect the seventh and the eighth. Being, being in effect the seventh and the eighth king, if you will. Does that make sense to anybody tonight? Uh, so we see the rise, the rise of this woman. Man, i got to hurry. We see the reigning of this woman. Verse number 12, verse 13. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings which have received no kingdom as yet, but receive power as kings one hour with the beast. These have one mind, shall give their power and strength to the beast. So here we find an alliance I mean, of some sort form with the beast. And, and the ten horns are ten kings. And these kings have never reigned. They have received no kingdom as yet. And it appears that the Antichrist will appoint these kings to reign uh, under him and sh- for some reason, uh, uh, maybe getting complete domination of the whole world. I, I don't know. Um, but, but one hour could not just be one hour, by the way, either. But it could be just one hour. I mean, we're talking about a lot of symbolism here. So we don't exactly know what the consideration is. One week is seven days to us, but one week only actually means seven. So it could be anything. But nonetheless, their, 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 reign, their reign will be short-lived. It will not be long. However, the rule that one hour or whatever, and this is likely, I mean, it, maybe it's a figure time uh, dealing with um, a brief time that, 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 uh, that they'll enjoy a season or something of dominance, right? And so, um, but it will not last, okay? It will not last at all. Verse 13, 
These have one mind and shall give their power and strength to the beast. And here we see the, the termination of the beast. Those who fall in the world have submitted to his influence and what he has allowed them to do and led them to do. And, and even the kings of the earth all coming together in unity uh, uh, under, under the banner of sinfulness and rebellion against the almighty God. They're raising their power together. Let's put all our power together, right? I mean, I'm, I'm reminded of a verse in, in Proverbs where it says, let's, let's just put our purses together, right? It's one purse. Let's just do everything together in simple rebellion. I can't remember why that verse. I preached through it a long time ago, but uh, the reigning of this woman, this, this leader. And so then we see the ruin in verse 14. These shall make war with the Lamb. The Lamb shall overcome them, for he's the Lord of lords and King of kings, and they that are called or with him are called chosen and faithful so i believe this is another reference to the battle of armageddon the nations of the earth will gather to wage war against the lamb of god right that's what's going to happen and jesus will overcome the beast hallelujah he'll overcome him he'll overcome the allies that he has with him uh, and he'll fully uh, defeat uh, the world system that they created he'll fully defeat and beloved, our blessed Lord Redeemer is right now the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. He already is. He, he already is. And one day the whole world will see and know. Uh, and and the, as they face His wrath and His fury and, and the abundance of His wrath as He comes down upon them uh, and stomps on them. Literally. Now there's an interesting phrase attached to the last part of this verse. Well, the Bible says, and they that are with him are called chosen and faithful. And you know who that speaks of. It speaks of the redeemed. It speaks of me. It speaks of the Lord's bride is what it speaks of. Uh, hallelujah. And the saved. Uh, it's you and me, church. It's you and me. Uh, and we're coming back with the Lord as he does his battle uh, in Armageddon against the Antichrist. And we'll watch uh, as the Lord defeats the enemy of all the ages. Uh, as the devil has battled me night uh, after night after night. Uh, I won't have to put up with him anymore. And I bless his holy name uh, for that, friend. Uh, and we'll watch the Lord uh, as he defeats our foe. And, uh, and we'll shout the victory. As, the, as we behold the power uh, and the might of the Almighty God uh, as He rages His wrath against the enemy of this world. Uh, amen. One preacher said like this. Uh, he said, I already named my horse. He said, that's how much I believe it. Uh, I named my horse, glory, hallelujah. He said, because that's the only thing I'm going to be saying. He said, when I see the back of the king and we're riding together, I'm going to say, glory, hallelujah, glory, hallelujah, all the way down. Amen. The discerning of this woman will be done shortly. The destruction of this woman. Uh, and the ten kings which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore and shall make her desolate. Naked shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. So the ten horns. What were the ten horns? Verse 12. The ten kings. Who are they working with in verse 13? The beast. Who are they going against in verse 14? They're going against the Lamb. Verse number 15. We understand we skipped over that simply because it just tells us the description of what, what we've already kind of covered there. It says, The waters which thou sawest where the horse is, there are people multitudes. So we're not going to cover that. We've dealt with that before. And so then the ten horns here, which were up on the beast, they're turning. They change sides. The beast brought them in. And they changed sides. I'm not saying they got saved because they didn't. They didn't. They have an origin and it's never going to be saved. And I'm not saying that God didn't predestinate them. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about these aren't people. <laughs> that makes it. They are. They are at the same time, but they're more like kingdoms more than anything. They're not. These aren't individual kings here. Okay, these are leaders. They are some or a kingdom and general census, uh, and they have turned. And what was on their side is now an open defiance against them. You say, preacher, why is that? Well, because God, God 
put in their hearts to fulfill his will. They just suddenly had a different different leadership. I ain't saying they're saved. I couldn't ever prove that. or I couldn't disprove it either. But I I don't believe it to be true right here. um, Because considering the facts, I don't believe it to be true in any way, shape, or form. But, But nonetheless, the evil influence of a one world religion system will enjoy a season of prosperity. They'll enjoy a season of deception. But here they are and it's all destined for destruction. It's going to be destroyed. And so God has always hated and, and, and dealt with false religion, right? And this great harlot's not going to be any exception. Her, 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 her destruction will be put to an end uh, to all the false religion of the world and the men of this world. And, uh, but it's, it's, very, it's very surprising how it comes about. Not gonna lie, it's very surprising how it comes about. We notice in verse number sixteen, her destruction is very serious. Ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore. That word hate is a very serious word. Especially used to love it. And uh, we understand what the whore is, right? It's a religious system. It's not a person, it's a system. And naked and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. I ain't going to try to explain that. I don't think I ever could in the first place. But the tribulation drawn to a close. The beast and, and his followers turn against the har, har, harlot. And uh, they hate her. They don't need her anymore. They, they have used her to establish their dominance. Right? I mean, that's the only way I can explain it. I don't know. And, but, but, but. But just like, just like a woman of the night, she's considered to be a whore, right? And just like a woman of the night, she'll be used to and rejected. Is that why God used this symbolism? Maybe so. And they'll just destroy her. And once, once her purpose is served, it, 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 they turn. When she's done. Once they are done with her, they don't need her anymore. They junk her. Maybe that's why she's a harlot. Her destruction is serious. Her destruction is sovereign. Verse 17, verse 18, don't be scared of that word. I don't believe we are around here. For God hath put in their hearts to fulfill his will, to agree, give their kingdom unto the beast, and to the words of God shall be fulfilled. The woman which thou sawest is a great city which reigneth over the kings of the earth. I don't understand verse 18 100% because the, the, that, that woman's a little different in a few different places. And so I don't understand it wholeheartedly. I don't. I ain't going to try to, but the Lord's in it. The Lord is in this thing. The Lord is in this thing. And as the world, as they come against the harlot, they do the very will of God. God's will doesn't always get done. We know that. But they do the very will of God here. They are fulfilling the will and word of God. That is absolutely amazing to me. And God hates uh, the system of the false religion and the system of this harlot. He will one day use the very source of her power to bring her to her own destruction. And the very one who served as the leader for her rise will be the source of her fall. Aren't you thankful God has his will? I am. Man, I'm thankful. And the world that we live in is filled with wickedness, filled with false religion and idolatry today in which we live in. The beast, will, and, 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 and they hate the Lord. They hate the things pertaining to God. And the beast will too. The beast will hate the Lord uh, and all that he stands for. But in the end, uh, they will be defeated after they do his will. That's amazing. That is absolutely amazing to me. False religion won't stand for it and it won't work. Amen. Jesus is the only way. He's the only way. I've said it many times before. You'll either bow by choice here or bow by force there. There ain't no in-between. And Jesus will one day destroy the religion of men, paving the way for his rule upon the earth as he establishes his millennium kingdom. Isn't that right? 
As he establishes his millennial kingdom, he's going to come through and he's going to pave the way uh, for his uh, will to be done and his millennium kingdom to be done. Set up. He's going to do that. And he's going to do it by war. But it didn't have to be that way. But it's going to be that way because they made their choice. And I tell you something, aren't you glad we'll be in that number? I'm glad I'll be in that number. I'm glad there's a horse saddled up ready for me. Amen. I don't know what name I'm going to name it. I don't know. You need to think about that. I believe it that much, though. I believe it that much. I really do. I believe. Man, I believe. I believe it that much that there's already a horse ready for me. That's how much I believe it. And I believe, I believe, I don't even believe I'll be allergic to them. I am right now, but I won't be then. Amen. It's amazing. I'm thankful for that. But I tell you is that this beast rose, this woman rose, and this woman fell. Because the angel came and cried mightily with a strong voice saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen. And Babylon is fallen. I'm reminded of another phrase in the Bible where the Bible says, Babylon is fallen, is fallen. We can turn back just a few pages, matter of fact, and find in chapter 14, and it might give us a good time frame of when this is. Verse 8, the Bible says, And there followed another angel, saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And so, are we not seeing the correlation of these chapters? I 100% believe there's a correlation of these chapters because the next verse said, And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast in his image, receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God. Is there not a correlation in these? There's so much of a correlation to it. And I'm thankful that when as she rises, she will soon fall. And all will Give glory to God. Outside of Christ, you'll never make it. But thank God I'm inside of him. And he's inside of me. The rise of Babylon the Great, part two. Let's stand to our feet. If you've got any questions, you just keep them in your mind. Or we, or we can talk for just a moment if you'd like to. Let's pray. Ask you, dear God in heaven, help us. Dear God in heaven, we thanks, Lord, for... Your goodness, grace, and mercy. Thank you for this. For, thank you for the good service tonight, Lord. Lord, I'm thankful for the preaching of the word. I'm thankful, God, for the word of God. Thank you, Lord, for giving me a whole lot more than, than, than I was prepared for, Lord. And I'm glad, Lord, for the studying of the word, Lord, that we can uh, study and show ourselves approved workmen unto God. That needeth not be ashamed, Lord, and as your word tells us in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, Lord. Help us not be ashamed. Lord, I pray, God, that you'd help us stand strong. Live by the word of God, walk on the word of God, and love the word of God. Oh Lord, we love you so much. Thank you for this time. Be with all the requests, Lord, that's been mentioned, the ones that are in the hospital, um, the ones that are hurting, and the ones that are, um, the ones that are bereaved, Lord. Pray God you be with each one of them. We love you and praise you and thank you. In Jesus' precious and holy name we do pray. Amen.